Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Out To Me podcast. My guest today is Danelle Harvey. After leaving record deals, Danelle built a successful indie music career, eventually creating her own record label and licensing company, all while raising her daughter. Now, she set up her coaching business and online platform, Female Musicpreneur, to help and empower other female musicpreneurs to blaze their own trails. She also has a number one Amazon best-selling book called Music and Money, a success guide for music creators, recording artists, songwriters, and musicians, which breaks down how to start your music career, how to succeed in the music business, and make money right now from your music. On this episode with Danelle today, we have so much fun. We laugh a lot and we cry just a little bit. (laughs) We talk all about her journey in the music industry and how she learned to love herself first before anything else. I'm going to keep this intro short because this interview is so, so good. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Danelle Harvey. Hey, Zanelle, and welcome to the Out To Be podcast. Hello. Hi, Katie. Thank you for being here today. I'm so excited to talk to you all about your story, your journey in the music industry, and your journey with self-love. Yay. Thank you. I'm very excited. Thank you for asking me on here, and I'm so pleased to be here. Let's start by just telling your story from the beginning. How did you get into music? (laughs) Oh, accidentally. Um, I'm a nerdy person, (laughs) love my books. I was at school and uh, I used to sing at church, gospel, Pentecostal, and started uh, singing, I've always sung in the school choir when I was really young, but it wasn't a thing that, you know, I aspired to be. Didn't think it was, it wasn't a part of my world, Mm -hmm. although I love music. And uh, one day, I think it was about 11, we did a, we had to make up a song at school. Well, we had to kind of read, form a classical song. So I made it into this funky song and ordered everyone around. And I was singing basically, close my eyes. And the next thing I opened my eyes and like the whole school practically were just standing there staring like, (gasps) it was was just like that. And then it was just like, you know, turns out I had a talent. (laughs) I didn't really know I had. And really shy, nerdy, just boring person. Well, you know, books, 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 A's, A's, A's. That's what I cared about. and then that's how it started. And then um, after that, I was kind of doing uh, school shows. You know, they do like end of term shows and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I would always perform a show, like sing song, always my own. And one day, I think it's, well, I'm not going to name my age because then everyone will know how old I am. <laughs> how old I was, but I was in my teens. And uh, my friend had a birthday party. Her mum had a birthday party. And we had sound systems. Um, I don't know if you know, familiar with them. Mm-hmm like you know big old sound systems and decks and records you know all of that yeah and um there was a microphone and it was just like you know her mum liked my voice just like could you sing happy birthday for my mum and I sung happy birthday in my little mini Whitney-esque voice (laughs) 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 I want to be Whitney voice and um, (laughs) I was this little scrawny thing with this big voice and it was like what but um I sang happy birthday and just a producer happened to be there and that was it literally whisked me into the studio and Next thing I know, I was putting out records and in, you know, in the charts um, and touring and it just happened literally like that. <laughs> That's amazing. So what were your <laughs> next steps from there? Did you start to release music? Yeah, literally it was like we went in the studio, we wrote stuff, we released it. Or I say I, the record label released it. It was that quick. I mean, it happened within days. And the next thing you know, I'm out there, you know, getting paid to do PAs and shows all around the place, getting driven everywhere. It, it was instant. What was it? What was it like to go from just like a regular school kid to someone who was like a very successful recording artist? 
it was it was really bizarre for me because my home life wasn't great mm-hmm. so um it was nice for me because i was like finally like people actually love me and, and treating me nicely yeah and that doesn't want to sound tragic because i'm over that era but um you know the family wasn't the best <laughs> um you know mum and dad brothers and all that but it wasn't a very um um a happy place in that house you know so for me it was a nice escape and I suppose singing would always be my escape um you know I'd always ultimately if I weren't studying and reading a book I'd be in my room making up songs to myself and recording and writing so it for me was just so nice to be able to I mean initially it was hard I wasn't you know I was very shy but I trained myself like I think this is where I got my skills that I can help people with now like I trained I learned how to be the person on the stage you know I just taught myself like you have to do this because I was getting great I was getting great money I was you know really young and it was like independence and independence has always been a big thing for me yeah you know I never I never come from a big family but I've always been like do it for myself you know also had that kind of in, inward kind of you know inner drive to oh, I'm gonna I look after myself you know I'm not gonna rely on anyone kind of thing so to be yeah. making that kind of money was amazing so it was a trippy thing because, you know, for me, I'm not into all of that, like, oh, you know, I was signing autographs and that kind of thing. And it was just like, um, I loved it. It was weird. It was just a weird feeling. Sometimes, you know, because ultimately I just wanted to be in my books, but then I knew it was a great way to make money. Yeah. So I switched on that persona. I learned to kind of be, you know, be a person who had a bit more charisma and wasn't just a nerdy person who could quote everything, you know, back to front and all that. So it was trip. It was trippy for me. It was really odd. Um, I'm not that kind of person that drinks and smokes, you know. So it wasn't like I fell right in. I'm not saying yeah. everyone does that in the industry, but um, that's kind of like the general like theme. Almost people are expected to do that. I think that's right. changed, especially more recently. The culture has changed, but it's kind of a perception that the music industry culture is like very like drink and drug driven yeah yeah and I don't want to put it out you know because I'm really not that person that's all about stereotypes and all that however around me it was there but I never did it you know so I, I've always had like self-restraint and self-control it's like that stuff doesn't work with me so no yeah. so I've been very I think I've been lucky because nothing was forced on me you know I didn't have any kind of people trying to convince me I was very much my own like I suppose, I don't know, maybe it was my weirdness where I was very much forthright in myself. Like, you know, I just went there to sing and then I'd, you know, sign autographs and get driven home. Yeah. You know, kind of hang around. If I did hang around, I was like, these people are strange. <laughs> I just didn't get it. Totally like an anomaly, which is, I think it's probably saved me in a sense because I've always known my own. I've been happy with my oddness <laughs> all of my life. <laughs> yeah. So were you um, touring and performing during this time too? Yeah, I was literally, it was like straight in, jumped straight into the fire, literally everything just, it was mad. You know, I'd be writing a song and then I'd be at a studio and then someone who, I won't name names, but you know, the people in the charts that just pop in to see my producer friend, you know, and um, I'd be just looking like, because I love Top of the Pops, which was a huge show back in England. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a regular chart show. Um, TV show and just like I love pop music I love music so to even see people that I loved and admired just kind of just oh hello oh this is dinner oh hello (laughs) you know just (laughs) being around these people I've never been a starstruck person but I admire musicians I admire good musicianship I admire talent I admire professionalism so just to see you know 
you know, it's just the trippiest thing, but literally jumped straight in. So it was like, you know, the deal would happen while I remember I dropped my first vocal and what the producer had done after we'd wrote, written a bit, taken me to the studio that he worked at, which was a record label. Um, in, well, first we were in his studio. Then we went to the record label and it was like, just drop this vocal song that I'd written. And it was that instant. I was kind of known as the one take wonder. Wow. <laughs> it was just that instant, do that, do the vocals, do the harmonies, you know, oh, and I've got this bit, do this line. And I'll write a song in, in minutes, you know, or record in, in, in an hour or whatever. That's amazing. And, and I remember the record label owner coming in and just being like, I remember this, I basically, I closed my eyes. I used to be all, close my eyes, put candles down. I need that to sleep. <laughs> I just need that because I'd be so shy, putting the light on. Um, and then I opened my eyes and I saw this contract in front of me. It was just like that quick. You know, wow. and then like, you know, so take that away, get that looked at, get it signed. Um, everything just happens so quickly. I feel as though, I think that's probably been a thing for me where I've always felt not quite comfortable with it. Cause I, I never felt like I've, I'm not saying I didn't work hard for it. Cause you know, you manifest in your own way and I did work hard and obviously things had happened to me where I deserved to have some goodness in my life. Right. But it never felt as if like, you know, I've met musicians that have really battled to, you know, get to that point. You know, they've just gone through all of this stuff. And I'm not saying I haven't had difficult times in, in my, throughout my long career, mm-hmm. but I, it was like, it just felt like it just happened. You know, it just fell into place. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to sound flipping about it because again, there were struggles along the way with, um, you know, industry things, business and, you know, personal, personal but family stuff and all that. Um, however, it just went like that. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened. Well, like you said, um, while the the music career part of it might have come super easy, you were uh, struggling with other life things and music business things while that was happening. And I know yeah. a big part of your message is the importance of really loving yourself first before anything else. So can you tell us about your journey with self-love yeah. and how, you know where you started and where you got to where you are now in terms of really just making sure that above all you are loving yeah. yourself? Absolutely. Um, I think, well, basically, um, not a childhood trauma. Um, and there was, there was, it was, a, it was a violent household and other stuff happened. Um, and I was always, I was the only girl and there were lots of, you know, there was like six brothers, my mum and dad. And I was always this kind of lone on my own and always, like I said, independent, you know, I was mm-hmm. happy to play on my own. I wasn't allowed out. So I didn't really have friends to play with, you know, like, so, um, you know, just in my own mind. So I developed, I don't know how, but somehow I've always had this inner belief and resolve in myself. Even when I've been broken down, like being physically, um, you know, I've had been in domestic violence uh, situations, a bit domestic abuse relationships, you know, mm-hmm. real serious stuff. Um, and some of that uh, physical violence as well happened through my, my brothers too. Um, so I grew up with that kind of around me. It was just a very traumatic, I'll say violent, surroundings but I could shut myself in my room and know thankfully maybe it's because I was the only girl you know I was able to have my own room I put a lock on it and I was able to just go in there and maybe at the time it wasn't meditation per se you know yeah but it was I was able to be in my own head and be calm and just know that I'm better than this and this isn't right um I cried a lot <laughs> back then um I'd come out of religion I grew up in a religious household but by the time I was 11, I was, I was like, no, because I was just questioning things. And, and again, this is no disrespect to any religion or any faith or whatever. It's more like my personal 
evolution it was just questioning like why are these things happening you know <clears throat> so I turned away from that so it's not like I had like God to talk to you know it, um, and that was always a constant in my life up until maybe 11 so I just remember and I found out now that they're affirmations. I found out a few years later that they're actually affirmations. But mm-hmm. I just over and over and over in my head just talk myself up. You know, I knew deep down that this is not, that was not right. Yeah. I am better than this and I'm going to get out of this. And that's what I think when the music happened, I was able to leave the house at a very young age and really take care of myself. Um, so I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question again? I hope I'm not getting out. No, you, uh, well, going, we're uh, we're it's it's we're on track. <laughs> like, okay, we're going through the story. I actually <laughs> want to stop you and and ask, um, what affirmations did you find yourself repeating during this time? And are those things that you still repeat today? Um, in a, in a sense, um, in a sense, I mean, I or well, one of the things I have to say as well, just a little backtrack I suppose um I discovered positive visualization mm-hmm. I discovered and found out about it that athletes did it and you know they're able to visualize and that's one of the things I helped to teach myself on stage like find, finish see the end result like and it's all going great so that's it started there so I saw myself in a happy place mm-hmm. I saw the happy me I mean I'm inwardly happy but I was very miserable too I mean that might sound so weird but I've got this joy in me, like this fire that can never be bro- that can never be put out. I don't care how. A, you have such a positive energy that I don't think like could ever be stopped. Every thank time you. I talk to you, I just come out of it feeling so happy and so joyful. Oh, thank um, you. So, and I think the listeners can probably hear that already. Um, so it makes sense that even though there was a lot, there's tumultuous stuff going on around you, you still were able to look inward and find joy because it's right within yeah. yourself. Yeah, and I think I thank you. I mean, it's really nice that I, you know, and I'm I'm realizing that I'm I can do that. So I'm kind of trying to help people too, you know. Basically, back to the affirmations. Um, I'd find there were times where I literally been beaten, like literally beaten. Okay, and I'm in my room crying and crying and crying, like sad and tragic and just like. But I never felt despairing in the sense of, you know, I just remember always feeling like, you are strong, you know, things like that. I am strong. I can get through this. No one's going to bring me down. It was things like that. Like, you're going to get out of this. You're going to be better. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just like that. I think that, so maybe not so much affirmations, but just positive talk. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, and I know I actually learned to numb out the pain. I'd get beaten and hit so much that I got to a point where I could numb it out. I could literally block it out while it was happening. Just, and, um, so afterwards, I find myself kind of maybe out of this, <laughs> this episode. And I would just be like, while I'm on the floor crying or in bed crying, I'd be just telling myself, like, you know, you're going to be fine. You've done it before. You've got out of it before. You know, you're able to deal with this. You know, you're fine. You're safe. You're fine. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You know, just, I think it started like that. And there was a lot, I mean, there were times when it was like, you're better than, I'm better than this. You know, I deserve better. Yeah. You know, just, just things like that as well. I think I've said that already. Um, and then I went through, you know, the stuff that happened in school, you know, I wasn't always the coolest child until I got, to, <laughs> until I became a singer, then all of a, all of a sudden I was like, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so, you know, I went through the bully phase too, people bullied, you know, I don't want to be all, cause I don't, I don't dwell on those episodes. I mean, they didn't kill me and they made me stronger. Absolutely. But ultimately it's like, you know, I'm thankful because I've learned, I know that I can rise above and I can I get out of those situations. So I think it's more things like that. Like you can do this. 
And another thing I kind of tell people as well, you've got out of worse or you've got out of su such and such before and look at you, you're here today. Yeah. You know, and just focus on the good things. And for me, the good things at that time really was the fact that I, I was, um, up until a certain point anyway, I was still getting A's because A's for me are everything in school. I'm such a nerd. Like I love school so much. <laughs> so for me, it was that. And then it was the fact that I could go on stage or even the fact that some people didn't know that that was me. Like they'd bought, they'd bought the record and, you know, I'd hear it on the radio and um, that weird, there was an odd moment, for instance, where it turns out that the bullies, like this group of girls that were really awful to me, they didn't know it was me. And this song was really popular. It was like number one on one of the charts. Um, and it was sung everywhere. And it was just for me quite hilarious. That, <laughs> that they're bullying you, but yeah. then also jamming out to your music. Right. And yeah. And then, and then the day I was on stage once, I remember doing this gig at this, at this club and they were just like, oh my God. It was just, <laughs> you know, and it's the now. And I get up on stage and we And it was just, that was priceless for me. So things like that, I don't, I don't, I'm not a person in like revenge and all that. Like, I don't need to, that makes someone important. I don't need to prove anything to anyone else. But it's just things like you've got through that. Look at how it is. Like, it's not them. It's not their fault. Even things like that, like, it's not their fault. They don't know any better. So yeah. in a sense, I don't know if that's an affirmation, but it's more like you're better than that. And you don't, you know, you don't have to. And I don't mean to belittle anyone. I don't mean better in that sense. But in a sense, if you don't go around hitting other people and all that you know you're just just say who you are be who you are even though who I was was very much very quiet very shy um to me very boring I still say it to this day I think I'm boring but I, I say it in, a, in jest like I don't care you know I just I love who I am and I recognize that this is who I am so yeah. I don't know if that answered your question absolutely and I think it's so it's so incredible and you're just such an inspiration that at such a young age, you had this immense awareness for not only yourself and what you deserved and that you were such a joyful and happy person deep down and that you would get to really see your life later on uh, living that out, but also awareness of other people around you, you know, with the girls who bullied you just knowing, oh, it's, they don't know any better. It's not their fault, you know it's most people even today as adults don't have that kind of awareness oh. <laughs> and they're not able to get there. So, um, it's amazing that at such a young age, you were able to do that. How did then moving into this place of being in the music industry for, you know, a long period of your life and working with other people who maybe did or didn't have the best interest in mind in the music business. Cause we know how that sometimes can go with record deals and whatnot. How did that affect your journey? Um, both as a musician, but also just your journey with dealing with, you know, your self-worth and self-love. Yeah. Um, for me again, um, my, I would say my daughter had a lot to do with it. Um, I had my daughter, um, and then everything changed. Like I kind of left, the industry that I've been in, it's like, you know, um, it was like very niche. Um, and I moved into the mainstream, um, number one, mainly because um, my daughter's father was abusive. So it was tricky. It was really weird. I kind of reinvented myself, in a sense, changed my identity because I was literally running for my life. Like I had an injunction out on him. He's very dangerous. And I was really scared, to be honest. And it was just like, how do I... I mean, I'm going to continue. There's no way I'm going to stop, but I did have to kind of find a way to stay out of the limelight. Mm -hmm. So I kind of didn't allow myself to shine fully and yeah. all the opportunities were there for me because I wanted to protect her and my safety. And then on top of that, yeah, on top of that with the, you know, people in the industry. So I happened to have a really good manager um, 
well, when I moved into the commercial, moved away from that aspect, um, I managed to, in the end, because a few things happened in between. So I was like kind of on the run, <laughs> for, for want of a better term, from a violent ex-partner, um, seriously violent, um, trying to avoid being seen, trying not to do live shows because it could, you know, if it was advertised, they'd find me. I say they, because my family right. too. Kind right. of on the run from my family too, my violent, you know, the violent side. So I was kind of alone with my daughter and I think she was like, it was like I had to. It was like there was no way on earth. Like you're my, she came and I feel like I, everything changed for me. Like mm -hmm. I, 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 I kind of think I became selfish before she came because I it was literally looking out for number one and right. not, in a, not in a mean way, but I had to protect myself. I mean, I told you like a bit about the story before. So for me, it was more like I have to, you know, really protect myself and know that I'm worth good. So I appreciated all the, you know, the good things and the finer things and all that. Um, and then she came, oh, well, you know, and then I had her and then it was just like looking at this little baby and it's just like, you're going to have the best and nobody's going to harm you. You're never going to even experience a, a, an nth of what I've been through. So I'm going to see it's coming. And it was, it was all her. Oh. It literally was all her. I had to. <laughs> now we're both crying. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't meant to happen. <laughs> we're letting it all out, you guys. <laughs> um, that is amazing. And, whew, and you are such a good role model, I know, just for her and for anyone who knows you and anyone who's meeting you for the first time on this podcast as well because you did just put her before yourself and you made that change. You changed your whole life in order to protect both of you. Literally, there's no way, there's just no way, no way anything was gonna come to her, no harm. So I did everything I could. Um, I engineered, I, I engineered a successful career and somehow kind of, not always stayed out of the limelight, but you know, the things came, I just kind of found a way. I was like, I'm gonna make this work. I realized it was a very great way to make money. So I was able to, I'm a writer as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've got my hand in it. I'm a vocal producer and, you know, harmonies and all that stuff. Like I'm really good at that. So I found like my best skills and it was just like, how can I make this make money? How can I give her the best? What do I need to make? This is how I'm going to do it. So it's more just like working around my situation, not letting it bring me down. I mean, technically I'm just like, someone said to me the other day, you know, you're a single mother. I just, I never even saw myself in that light. I don't see myself as, I'm not saying a single mother is a victim. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't see that. I'm not going to be pigeonholed into some, you know, category. I'm a human being. That's what yeah. I can say. I am and I can hold up my, maybe I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. But you know, this is like, you just got to do what you've got to do and no excuses. Like I'm not going to be holding that down. Like, People are like, it must be harder when you had your daughter. I'm like, actually, it made it easier. I feel like maybe I wouldn't have been as successful. Maybe. I mean, we don't know, right? Yeah. But maybe I'd have just, something else would have happened and it, had it not been for her. I feel like she came and saved me. And I feel like I also had a duty to um, give her the best and make sure she was safe too. So I made my career work. I made more I made more than enough to give her everything and more. Um, you know, so... I would say her, she was my guiding light in everything. So when situations happened, back to your kind of um, original question, when situations came about, I was able to think what would be the best for her. You know, some people were a little annoyed because it'd be like I'd turn down things like, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
that were technically the best thing, but I don't believe that there's only one shot ever because mm-hmm. you know, I'm always open and there's always more. So I I'm, love that. That's yeah. so important to remember too, because I think a lot of people when, whether they're trying to be a musician or just trying to like live their life and make yeah. the best decisions they can, yeah. it can be so stressful to think like, is this the right path? Is this the right choice? What do I do? And you have to remember that there's always going to be other opportunities always. if you stay open to it. And right. not to sound cheesy, but everything happens for a reason. It really and does. Yeah. Like you said, you never know what would have happened if, if your daughter hadn't been born, would you have been so successful like you yeah. don't know but it doesn't matter everything happens for a reason exactly no regrets you know that's just one another one of my mantras no regrets like you just gotta go full in like i mean some you know i was i was more impetuous back then you know i'd really just jump in at things i say more that's not true i'm still am but i mean i had to be more considerate of her you know like how would this affect her um so you know after she came it was just like no, that's just not going to work for me. You know, certain opportunities that, no, that's just not going to work. You know, um, perhaps if I'd maybe been a bit more, maybe we have, I told them, but I was in, I was literally living in fear and it's only these kind of in the past, maybe 10 years, I realized how much fear I was living in. I didn't know it. It was just like, you know, kind of survival mode. And I didn't know it. How did you get past that fear? Now you are living such a fearless life and yeah. such a I life mean, that serves you. Yeah, in rel- I'd say relatively, I was still living a fearless life, but in a sense of actual fear of, um, it's really weird. Like I was, I took, a, I still took risks being in the industry. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I say I fell into acting. I really did. And, you know, the next thing I'm doing movies and TV. And so I'm still doing things where I'm seen, okay? So I still took risks and, I, you know, so I was, I've made considered decisions like how, what's the likelihood that I could be traced by doing this? You know, once I did this, um, it was a live television show on BBC One um, and it was talking actually about domestic violence because for me, I, I turned it into, oh, that was the other thing, I turned it, my pain, it helped me literally like I started writing songs that were no longer about love I used to write about love when I was really young and <laughs> doesn't everybody yeah, yeah. and because love is everything right as far yeah. as I'm concerned, ultimately however I didn't I felt a bit detached because I was like uh, kind of you know singing in arenas and just me in a backing track and then I became a musician with a band um my own band and my own music and started playing guitar and all of that. So I started literally turning all of the things I'd been through and put writing about it. And then all of a sudden, that's when my fan base, my new, my new and my real fan base, I mean, to this day, I still got them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, things like that. So that's how I did it. And um, I think just working through the pain and realizing it's like, so it's like, I actually admitted it. And for me, it was tough because I, again, this is be- just before, I'm not to make myself sound really old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but this is like before the digital age, okay, in a sense, before <laughs> the internet, it was buying on and driven everywhere. And, yeah. you know, so I came from a world where you're protected. Right. That was the other thing. That's why it was easier to be protected as well, in a sense, because you're driven everywhere. You're not, there was no one to monitor your social media. I mean, there was no social media, right? So yeah. you literally, all I had to do was sit and write on my own or in the studio and sit and record it and then go out and perform it. And, you know, I mean, everything was taken care of. And I took a big jump and went, no, nope, I'm going to be with my daughter. Like, I want to be with her. I want to raise her. I want to be there, you know? Yeah. And I'm going to do this on my own. And that's kind of around that time, the social media thing kind of popped. You know, so I, I took advantage of that and rode it, rode it. But I did that all on my own. So it was, I think, using the pain 
for the first time I, would have, I could be open, well I say for the first time, it was alien to me to be that open about your personal life. Like everything was glossy when I was signed, you know, back then it was like, you know, you didn't know about the singer's issues. You know what right. I mean? Back then it was like, it was all glossy. Yeah. I'd be like this perfect performer on the stage, you know, sing the song and go off the stage. You didn't know anything about my personal business. But all of a sudden social media, you know, so opening up. But I realized actually that was going to be the thing that saved me because it was like facing what I'd been through. I hadn't actually faced it. I'd just survived. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm finding out now that that was actually a healthy thing. So it was using that and then working with my fans even. I was on MySpace a lot. I mean, it was like, and I was literally contacting with my fans, always making friends. I mean, it was just natural because, you know, my daughter's sleeping. So, and I never slept back then. So up at night and just, you know, chatting to people, mm-hmm. getting messages going, you saved my life. Like your music touched me and I'm not going to end it now. And I'd be like crying going, <laughs> and initially, initially I hadn't talked about why I'd written that song, by the way. This was just, so this was me still coming slowly out into the open. Right. This is me just writing the pain, singing yeah. the pain and letting it out there. And people saying, I've been through this. And some of them, it was literally the same thing that I'd not voiced to anyone. And I could feel it. And it's not obvious in the lyrics. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like mm-hmm. you did this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So it was partly... Through, through communication with others, they're, they're telling me and then I'm healing too. I'm realizing, gosh, I didn't know that that was a thing that I had or an issue I had. Or right. So that's how I dealt with it. And then I will say, um, Louise Hay, I um, discovered her, um, it was someone who had the book, it just come out in the States. And I used to see the, um, you know, the affirmation, I don't even know, so you can heal your life. It's, it's this book that just literally rocked my world because when I, re- when I found out about it anyway, I asked this person what this book was. Lovely person got it for me. And this book literally was like, I opened it and it was like, this is me, this is me, this is me, this is me. Oh my God. Oh, affirmations. That's what I do. Look, you know, so it's, <laughs> I was like, someone is like me out there, like in a sense of, and then I really read it and studied it. So I really started to actually apply it, like conscientiously, if that made sense. Because all yeah. I've been doing is just doing whatever whatever <laughs> I didn't you know it wasn't like I had a system so that helped as well and then when I went full-on independent I um again it was like dealing with the fear like you ask you know just my daughter every day you know um meditation and just being centered first thing in the morning late at night you know just making sure I was centered and knew who the beep I was at every single time like yeah. know it because we can know it but sometimes we get sidetracked but learning that no one's going to sidetrack me which is why I was able to turn things down and feel no way. Like, um, because I just know that there's, it's more to the, there's more to it than me just achieving one big thing. My goal at that time was to, um, I'm reali- I was realizing is to help other people heal too, or even connect with other, about, back then I used to say survivor, I don't say that term anymore, don't, no disrespect to anyone that uses it. I just, I just you know, um, but back then, you know, connecting with other survivors and it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. we found strength in each other in a very strange way you know we'd be the ones kind of vocalizing and again another one in particular um, I won't mention her name but she was one other prominent one that really touched my heart like she inspired this song that was the song about the uh the abuse um that I'd experienced and that song kind of like opened the doors again because it was a little more of wow you've been through that too <laughs> you know yeah. like um but it, it, she inspired me to actually say it sing it Again, it wasn't explicitly said, but it was right. more, for me, it was like, I was, I was really scared. 
and I sent it to her. I was like, you inspired me. Like, what do you think? You know, can I really, and I sent her the, it was all, you know, demoed and everything. She was like, oh my God, like, what do I think? Yes. <laughs> she was very vocal. Like she was all the way in and talking about everything that happened. And it was, I was just crying, you know, like she'd been through, but it helped me to speak about my situation, yeah. which was separate to what I've mentioned. Um, so things like that. Anyway, that's how I did it. And again, it's that whole defiance. I'm a very defiant person in the sense of, you cannot tell me what to do. You cannot keep me down. That's always been me. I've been, I'm a Ram, I'm an Aries. So I'm just like, you cannot tell me and watch me. And it's never, I don't do anything to prove anything to anybody else, but it's more just like, you, you want to bring me down. And it's just like realizing that some people's energies are just not, some people get a kick out of, you know, keeping certain people down or yep. just feeling like they're in, in control. And it's like, you can't control me yeah you just can't. exactly yeah you know so I control me and so there are things like that that kept me going um and then I suppose nowadays what I mean is like being out of that totally out of it like in a sense of in a wonderful place and there were times along the way too over the years but nowadays it's like I see now that I was in a serious serious fear that's what I mean it's not like I knew it back then yeah it's a until I, right gradual and then when I found the Louise um Hay book realizing what had happened like oh my gosh like you know and just growing and learning and it's a constant process you know we all you know it's constant it's not like I'm there now <laughs> you know what I mean but I do know for sure that what went before was hardcore fear and survival mode yeah seriously so yeah. What um, like self-care routines or kind of like healing techniques for lack of a better word yeah. to practice regularly or daily in yeah. order to really just like maintain such a happy, joyful, self-loving <laughs> place that you are in? Yeah. Um, so every day um, I make sure that the first thing I do before I even open my eyes is to just give thanks, like just be thankful about just being here, breathing. Because there were times when I've been in some hard times, and you know, like really difficult situations. And ultimately, what do you have? The one thing you have, the one wealth thing that we all have is breath. So it's like, you know, even if we're broke or whatever it is, or going through whatever hell, or for want of a better term, we're breathing, which means we have a chance. It's how we look at it. So I'd always just focus on what do I have now? Mm -hmm. what's the one thing I have, you know, that I can build from. So just breath, okay? So I close my eyes and I'm literally just breathing. And then I slowly wake myself up. Like, you know, I just do breathing exercises, which is um, something I use as a coach. It really helps people, helps you just get energy. Are there um, any in particular that you like to use? Yeah, um, there's a couple. I mean, I, I would say, you know, you do yoga. So it's similar to the breath of fire. I mean, that is just amazing. Yeah. Basically, you know, I just say that anyone that does yoga, breath of fire. Anyone that doesn't, you just do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah for anyone who doesn't do it, it's just like very fast breathing. Almost, very fast. Almost like a dog panting. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> literally what we say is, yeah. as vocal coaches. Literally, you, can, right? you can look it up on YouTube. I will yeah. demonstrate right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that's one thing. And then um, I basically have this process of different um, meditations um, and affirmations um, for various things that I'm working on. I have my constants. Um, I've, um, and I've recently started EFT in the past kind of year, um, just to see, because, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm very much 
open to experimenting to see what's more. Because again, I don't think we're ever there personally. And I don't think I'm ever there, but I'm in a great place. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have our thing, right? And I'm determined to just keep on, keep on, you know, pushing through and succeeding or just feeling good. Yeah. Ultimately, feeling good is my ultimate, right? So um, sometimes I do an EFT, depending on how I feel. If I'm feeling a bit, mm, you know, I might do um, a clearing and an affirmation tapping session. So it's just, it's, I'd say all in all, it's about two to three hours, basically. And then I'll get up and then um, it used to be yoga. It used to be like a good hour at least and then work out or vice versa, like a mm-hmm. cardio run or whatever. But now it's definitely, I definitely work out and I incorporate like, I think I told you this when we spoke, like yoga is in my daily life and routine. So I don't necessarily have to be doing the poses. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is something, uh, I don't know how much our listeners know about yoga in general as a practice, but <laughs> yoga is way more than just the physical asana practice. So <laughs> it, it means just like trying to, you know, reach the highest level of enlightenment. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you don't have to be doing the physical practices to be embodying or practicing yoga. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was just focusing on, you know, and I also go through a process of my day. Like I literally run through my day. Perfect day. Again, positive visualization, but it's literally everything I need to do. So it's not like, but it's not in that sense where you're like really like, oh my God, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. It's not like that. Because mm-hmm. the night before I've already kind of, I mean, I already have everything mapped out anyway for the year. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, at least. So it's more just like confirming. Because for me, you, you see it, you make it happen. You visualize yeah. it, you make it happen. So it's just confirming that this is going to happen today. It's going to go like this. It's going to go. So it's a quick kind of outline, if you like, a mental outline instead of getting into details. Right. You know? And then so I see my day ended beautifully. I see myself smiling. I see myself high on life and happy. You know, just all of that. So it's a lot of mental um, exercises. Um, you know, if I'm feeling a little lower, then I'll raise it. I'll raise my vibration, you know? Um, so that's first, that's essential. No, this is non-negotiable basically all of that. And then I get up (laughs) 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 and then my day's set (laughs) because you know, after that, I'm just in a bubble. I created a bubble a few years ago. I remember that bubble. What time do you wake up every day? Um, these days it's whenever my body wants to, I've just moved and, um, I'm even in an even better, interesting space. So (laughs) I'm in a sense of, you know, mentally, physically, but it used to be when my daughter was younger, it used to be because I do film work and stuff. It'd be like four in the morning. Wow. I do all that. Then I do Tybo. And then, <laughs> and then I'd get, get to set because it's early call times. Yeah. And stuff. So, and then make sure she's set and everything. Um, but I'd like to, I'm going to get back to 5 a.m. again. But yeah. at the moment, today was 5 a.m. Thanks to you. <laughs> Thank you. Because I've been like, I mean, I've been like, you know what? But ultimately, I let my body do what it does. I've, I, I know my body. I'm, I'm very in tune with it, and I'm just like, I'm able to do it as well. I created this life, so it's like, why the beep can't I? You know, like, yeah. Um, as long as I haven't got an appointment, of course. Um, but generally, I think it's naturally waking up now about kind of four. Then I drop off again, and then maybe six thirty, six ish. I start to, but I take my time. Like again, the process of waking up, it's all meditation. So it's an actual active, I don't know if that's a term, to be honest. <laughs> it's an active practice meditation while I'm waking yeah. up. And yeah. I, you know, do my visions, my vision, um, visualizations and stuff like that. Yeah, which yeah. I think we could all use a little bit more of. I know I try very hard to wake up slowly, but like every day I wake up, and I did it today too, which 
not proud of, but I like, I can wake up and like be on the yeah. second. Like yeah. I totally can. Like you could get me up and working on a very like intense project and I will be like fully focused in it. Yes. But yes. that's not necessarily the best way to start your day with mm -hmm. like yeah. work and possibly stress. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I love asking everyone about their morning routines and like yeah. what they do to start the day because I think it's so important to create that space right at the beginning yeah. of the day. I think, you know, exactly. And I think also there's like balance as well. We have to consider it's like, you know what you said, it's like, so nothing's wrong and nothing's right. Like if your body is fine with it, because I think what I think a big issue we have that I've noticed, I'm not going to get on any soapbox, but <laughs> I find that it's too much like you should be doing this. And then people feel guilty for not doing it. It's like, yeah. no, you shouldn't. Everyone's different. It's like, I hear people in like, you know, I'm here I'm in the States. So I hear a lot of people going, I'm going to go on a Mediterranean diet. And I'm just like, I'm not a dietitian, but I do know common sense is that just because your best friend went on, you know, you know, went on a Mediterranean diet and has siestas <laughs> and lives in Greece. Hey, um, it doesn't mean it's going to really work with your lifestyle and what your body's used to, what you've grown up on, what your whole system's all about. Like the the, the American lifestyle, in the sense yeah. of if you're doing a nine to five, it's not necessarily going to suit you. So to just switch like that is they can be dangerous. I mean, this is guilt for not doing it. So you know, like if you drop off one day, like oh, I should be doing, it. you know. So my, I was just going to say to you, it's just like. We, you know, the times we have to just get up and do it, right? Yeah. I think it's managing whatever we're doing without it, without allowing it to take us over. Absolutely. Just stopping for a second and just breathing. Like I said it to someone the other day, like, how do you do all you do? I just breathe. I just literally stop. I stay at the mountains and it's like, you know, but you, how do you have time? There's always time. Yep. There's yep. always time. <laughs> it's just that, I mean, and I'm. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? to breathe is not going to like ruin the rest of your schedule right. day or life or anything like right. that. Right. And funny enough, that five minutes could actually help you get more done yep. in less time. Yep. See clarity or whatever. I mean, it's amazing how the more we stop, well, personally, anyway, <laughs> the more I stop, the more I achieve. The less yep. I do, the more I achieve. It's amazing. And I'm a manic, like, I, manic might not be the best word, but I'm, <laughs> I'm hyper. I'm really yeah. hyper. So for me, this is me being chilled, like yeah. really pacing myself. Like I'm consciously doing it, but I'm like, this is me, you know, running around. But you know, I also know what's good for me. So my hyper self has got me to where I am. So I'm not trying to erase her. She's great, but there's a time and place. So it's just about balance. So we should all kind of, I think it'd be healthy for us to embrace all the things, even if something is being told by some expert that is wrong. Nothing is wrong. Obviously excessive things that are harming you, I wouldn't even say wrong, you know, might want to look at them and reconsider. Yeah find a way to adapt and adjust but take time to do that just listen to your body i think our body i know actually i kind of state our bodies tell us everything we need to know if we could just learn to tune in absolutely yeah. um yeah, yeah I've, been, I've been sick as well so another thing i wanted to say i've been really sick like seriously like this is it <laughs> um and again i healed myself because i know it might sound crazy and i'm sorry i don't want to freak out your listeners but um <laughs> it was like literally i'm not leaving this planet my daughter young and no one like those crazies are going to get her like there's dangerous people no yeah. and i worked and worked and worked on reversing that it's like no 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 I, I learned that it's like focused just being focused on the things you want yeah. and embracing um and it's part of that i think it's part of that positive visualization i think it comes back to that kind of what do you want we let ourselves get caught up in the things we don't want and the things we're scared of 
And every time I've blocked out the things that I suppose I've been scared of, like literally block them out. I've got a way of just blocking things out and just focusing on what I need to achieve and the good aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how everything else, like, you know, if you've got a cold, for instance, and you have to get something done, and if you're focused, concerted effort on something, like you need to do a task, you don't feel that cold for that hour, two hours. You're, you haven't got the flu for those two hours. So I'm not saying there are times when we're not just out cold, you know, and we can't that, move. No, because that is literally me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a rock star. I, I woke up and then right before we got on this call, I, I've been feeling kind of crappy all morning. Right before we got on this call, I was like, I'm going to do yoga for 20 minutes. Yeah. I did yoga. I took some eucalyptus oil and like inhaled it. And then I got on here and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like, even if I'm only going to feel better for like an hour, an hour and a half, that's all I need. Isn't it amazing? Like the mind is amazing. Like the mind can play tricks and the mind can also be, be not controlled, but just we can manage our mind, you know? I, I don't like the word control because then it's like a battle. We don't have to be in battle with ourselves. Yeah. But it's more just control, you know? Just exactly what you said, you know? So we are- Take back the power. Like you don't, exactly. You, exactly. you don't have to let bad situations or even illness or sickness like just bring you down. Like you have the power over you your thoughts to, and exactly. over your body. Exactly. So don't be a victim. Like literally own it. Own it. Like you- I mean, you're the only person in having this relationship in your body, right? In your meat soup, I always say, in your meat soup. <laughs> and um, so at least try, you know what I mean? Just give it a go. Like, if you think that this is bizarre and, and just outrageous and just, what are you talking about? <laughs> ultimately, put it this way, if you've got nothing to lose, you've got nothing, why not? You know, yep. give it a go and just see, like, oh, you are in control. Like, you brought yourself here. You're here today. Celebrate that. You're here. No matter what circumstances you're in, situation you're in, you're here. You're here and that's something to be appreciated because I know someone loves you, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. one of these, right? And it's not about, again, it's not about external. I, I try and tell people as well, it's not about what external is. You know, we can't, we can't focus too much on what external, uh, you know, it's externally given to us. Right. We can't rely on other people. We can appreciate if we get love, but we have to rely on ourselves ultimately. And I don't mean it in a way where blocking out other people. I appreciate love. I receive it, you know? But I mean... If you can own yourself, like really own it, love yourself the way you want to be loved, you're sorted. You're sorted because everything will come to you as it should. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's such a perfect way to kind of sum up the conversation we've had so far. And before I let you go, though, I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now. I know you're a coach and pretty recently you released a book called Music (laughs) and Money. So can you tell us a little bit about like where you are now? What kind of led you to write the book and um, Yeah. yeah, how people can work with you if they want? Sure. Yay. Thank you. Um, So um, I wrote the book because I realized that when I was coaching people that not everyone there's not enough people I can get to possibly you know like I'm like I know how to help you I know how to help you I know how to help you and it's just like the energy it takes to really be a coach and you appreciate this it takes energy from us yeah because you care if you do care <laughs> I care, you should right? care yeah <laughs> right but you know what I mean some coach I'm not gonna speak for everyone but we invest ourselves and I realized that I'm at risk of messing with my health because the way I care, you know what I mean? Like investing energy and time. So I thought, what's the best way to encapsulate enough of my knowledge that can help people get started? Because another thing is like, I'm a very empowered, I've been taught I'm a very empowered woman, okay? (laughs) Clearly I'm a woman. (laughs) In the sense of, I don't go around saying, I'm a strong woman. I don't need to say that. 
Yeah. And personally, I don't need to say that, but each to their own, right? But I mean, to, you know, so I'm realizing, you know, I, I don't like the fact that women, um, I see it and hear it, you know, um, some women, not all women, are really feeling like they've got no chance. You know, they're musicians perhaps, and they feel like just totally despondent and in despair. And I, there are times I just know I can help them. I just know. And all they need is maybe a little bit of a foundation or guidance or systems. And basically what I did was I basically incorporated the system I use to make my success, um, which has encompassed, you know, I've been able to get to, you know, do press, PR, you know, like literally do everything. I became an all round record label. I created, well, I actually have one, you know, a legit one. <laughs> but I mean, in the sense of just me doing the work of a big old label. Anyway, the point is, is that knowing number one success is you, whatever you want, not right. what anyone else wants, not what society tells you, not what the um, industry tells you. I've been told it's kind of like a self-help business <laughs> book that's just fun like your big sister talking to you <laughs> or your good friend, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I was just being me and I was just writing it out. So it's just like, it's, it's like a little bit, a bit of a pep talk, you know, mindset thing. It just helps people. Um, I, I think it started, you know, because it was hard for me, like, how far do I go? Because there's so much I could write. But I thought, let me just write a beginning kind of, or intermediate kind of thing that will encompass what you need at least to, at least get started and to keep moving through and then you can build on it. So yeah. it's like, what do I need to, if I've got nothing, like, what do I need? And it was just encouragement. Like, I started with nothing. Like, I used to have, fabulous royalty checks when I was like fabulous like I mean I lived on them you know they're amazing but royalty checks changed with the digital age I'm not saying they went they went totally I'm mm -hmm. not blaming the digital age but I knew I had to adapt but technically yeah. my point is is that I had zero like I left in fear like I ran and <laughs> he had started again and thankfully you know um I was able to utilize my skills so it's like what I did basically but not literally my exact life because obviously we're all different and we have different skills mm -hmm. but it's, it's more like a blueprint of what you can do what you can tap into you know if you want to make money how to start how to get started you know if you want to um work as a business mind and understand what you'd need to at least have as a basic foundation how to do that um organizations um resources um there's some free resources that i give out as well that are my own um as well but actual resources industry resources in the uk and the us as well that are free and also ones that people are actually wouldn't have even thought of that give more information that give more help so it's just really like there's no excuse because i am also that kind of person i'm like that loving friend that's like come on now get a grip yeah you know like there's no excuse let me give you some things and get started because sometimes our fear is what it is that blocks us you know, like we say it's because we haven't got this, you know, I've got the money or I haven't got a record deal and it's not true. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no. Okay. <laughs> it's more like we are deep down. Something in us is blocked. Like just scared to jump, you know, and I've been there too, but I, oh God, I got a way of jumping. I just jump. But <laughs> I know not everyone is like that. Okay. So it's really a, just a guide that's just going to get anyone. And I've been told this only because this is the feedback I've got, you know, and I've received and there's so many, great reviews of five star reviews it's just madness and messages and emails from people that are not even musicians that are business people that are ceos that are like this has helped immensely so it's from what i've been told the feedback i've been given is that it's just something that's going to really help in a short book that's really going to help people to 
get it together if there's an area that they're a bit like not sure about it's going to get them started or at least help them think and waste you know even meditate i do self-help there's a bit of that you know um another thing i love it's important is me time like literally before you do anything else like i help systemize and get people organized with their day and so they're literally doing less work and doing a lot more sorry less time but a lot more work right so productive like maybe yeah. you've got one hour and you can do 20 hours worth of work it is possible if you really were organized so i help totally. them with that so it kind of starts them off on a system that I developed in the book. And then if they, you know, if they want more, they can obviously contact me and I can work with them in depth. But I think enough is there to get me started. But the point is, I even put a little bit of self-help, self-care mm. stuff in there with basic, like I used to, another thing I used to do, you know, create my own body scrubs. I've always loved pampering myself. So that'd be a little pamper thing for me. Literally run a hot bath on a Sunday before, you know, getting prepared for school with my uniform. I was so proud to go to school. <laughs> uniform get that all ironed and ready and put it out and then I'd have my hot steaming bath and my hair and put on the chart countdown um face mask make me own face mask body scrub and that was in itself I didn't realize then but that was my ritual and that's another thing I encourage so you know first thing ever make me time first before children yes before your family me time because if you're not full they're really not going to be able to to you're not going to be able to help them as much as you could if you were in a better space. Yes. And, and anyone saying I haven't got any time, I have a five-minute ritual. Like, there's no excuse, okay? If you think you've got no time, I challenge you to email me and I will find you a way in your schedule to make time for yourself because there's just no excuse. Sort yourself out and love yourself and show yourself the worth. You know, you're worth, you're fabulous. So, yes. You know, so. <laughs> That's ultimately what the book is, and it's ultimately what I'm about. Like, yeah, there's no competition. Do you know what I mean? We are all fabulous in our own right. Absolutely, yeah. I knew we could just look at each other and see the goodness and beauty in each of us instead of thinking, you know, like that person's got something and they can take something. No one can take anything away from you because you're so unique. So just to embrace your uniqueness and that's another thing that's in the book you know how to find that special source find that and then you work with that because that will set you free and that will give you the biggest freedom and smile on your face that you've ever had yeah well if you're not sold good. already i don't know what else to tell you because this book is amazing you have to buy it if oh, you are a musician where can people get it it's on amazon right it's on amazon yeah um i haven't released the um i keep forgetting what you call it here paperback okay okay <laughs> I used to say hard copy and everyone look at me like, what? <laughs> um, the paperback. And so it's, yeah, it's on Kindle. It's, you don't have to have a Kindle to get it, but you can get it via Kindle um, on Amazon. Um, music and Money. You can go to musicandmoneybook.com. Um, and that's my, that's the website. You can get a link that way if it's easier. Um, but yeah, it's only d digital at the moment. Um, because I had some, um, I've got little delays with the release because, uh, yeah, just, you know, technology. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's super myself. easy to read it on, online. So, like, <laughs> no excuses. You guys no can excuses. read this super easily. It's well worth it. Thank you so much, Steve, for being on the podcast today. This was amazing. And where can people connect with you? Yay. Thanks for asking me to be on here. It's been a pleasure. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's female music printer, female, F-E-M-A-L-E, <laughs> music, N-U-S-I-C, and then printer, P-R-E-N-E-U-R, like entrepreneur, okay? So female music printer, that's my um, handle on that. You can actually contact me that way. Also, you know, you can shoot me an email, connect at femalemusicpreneur.com. That might be the easiest way because, um, you know, I love to hear from people. I love to connect. Um, and I think that should be it really and femalemusicpreneur.com of course you know go on there there's a blog with lots of 
um, juicy info and hopefully that will help you too. And freeness. I love, you know, courses, freeness, nice little goodies to help empower, just empowerment and success. That's what we want. Yay. Yes, amazing. <laughs> so if this podcast resonated with you or you just want to say hi, contact Danelle and I hope everyone has a great rest of the day. Thank you again so much for being on today. Bye everyone. Thank you, Katie. Bye. Bye. <laughs>